Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Good morning and thanks for being here. The time is now. Hey, we're going to land the plane on today's message series. We've been going through this thing for the past couple of weeks and I would just encourage you, if you're new with us and you haven't, you don't know exactly what we're talking about, what the time is now, go back and catch it on podcasts or on our website and just watch those things and listen to those things because I promise you, you'll bring you up to speed and it could change a trajectory of where you're at currently. More importantly, for those who are joining online, man, just thanks so much and we just pray God's blessing on you today is you're, you're, you're being encouraged as well, whether you're mowing the yard or catching kids or, you know, those things you do, you rustle them up, right? Or dropping kids off in the line at school. Anybody? Come on. That thing is long. Anyways, uh, not complaining, not doing that. Uh, but, but before we jump into that, I just want to give you a sneak peek of where we're going next week because the scripture uh, of, of, of where it says no, you know, where, where there's no vision, the people will perish. Uh, next week, I, I want to encourage you. I know Labor Day weekend's coming up, and there's going to be some people camping and skipping out and doing all those little fun things. Shame on you. But, you know, those moments of clarity when we can come and gather and we can gain some vision and just understand where we want to go with this. It's important. It's important to gather and just learn what's next on the horizon and be able to take a sneak peek of what's to come. And so next week, we want to honor God with that as we center, as we point, as we live, and as we, as we continue to build on this idea of love built this, and because and, and, what it does is it leads to changed lives. That Come on, say it with me, church, if you know it. That changes lives. That's right. We love to say that around here, that a changed life actually does change lives. And when we experience that, you can't get away from that person because, simply put, Jesus is a natural reflection in their heart. And so what we've been doing, though, over the last couple of weeks is this, is is we wound down summer, and it's, and it's kind of sad to say that. Anybody else kind of depressed that summer's coming to a close? And as we sort of look, everybody else like, fantasy football, praise the Lord, you know. But, uh, you know, for some of them, like, I wish it wasn't, you know, because you know how people are addicted to that. But, you know, there are some things that are coming, and we can't stop time. But now is the time to really dive in to understand exactly what God's asking from us. And when we do that, man, it, it will change the trajectory of where you're going, and new comes out of it. It just overflows, and out of the overflow of the heart, man, God does something special. Newness starts to happen. And then you just look inwardly. Man, people ask, what's going on? You, you look differently. You, you look this way, and you, you just, the only thing you have is, hey, I, I just stepped into this moment now, and it changed everything. And that moment, I pray, is, is Jesus. I mean, because we can do a lot of things that look like Jesus, act like Jesus, talk like Jesus, but until you fully surrender in your heart, it, that's when the moment happens of clarity and then people look inward and it changes everything. And so what we've been doing, though, is, is we've been we're dealing with this book called Haggai. Now, you could either pronunciate it how? Haggai or Haggai or, you know, maybe from Lincoln County, you pronounce it other ways. But it's one of those moments of clarity. We, we, can, we can come up with a different way of talking about it, but it's in, the, it's in the Bible. It's, it's, it's right there at the end of the Old Testament. It's a great book. Matter of fact, if you decide to pick it up today and you read it from start to finish, you could probably be done in less than eight minutes. It's two chapters. If you're a fast reader, probably three minutes. It's It's amazing. But back in, in 587 B.C., when the Babylonians, under the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, he destroyed Judah. 
and crushing the temple that Solomon had built. Solomon was the wisest person that ever existed, and he built this amazing thing to reflect God. And what we know is was, this is not only a physical blow, something that was just you know, demoralizing, but it was also a huge spiritual blow that just, man, it just took the wind out of God's people's sails. And, it, and they, just, they just longed to worship God because they were his chosen people, right? But now they've been, they've been robbed from that. And so for over the next 50 years, not just one, two, and three, and four, but five decades, the Jewish people were held captivity, held in captivity. So think about it this way. Some family members only knew what it looked like to be held in captivity. Think about it. Some knew what it used to look like in the old, but some in their new moment, in their now moment, only knew what these people had experienced and longed for and talked about. They only knew what captivity looked like. They didn't know what freedom looked like. They didn't know where their heart was. They were just watching the people in front of them. They only knew what it looked like to be held in captivity. But here, all of a sudden, there was a moment that took place and they were allowed to go back to start to rebuild not only their lives, but they were, they were, they were, they were taken from, from, you know, from this moment to be able to start taking back on this one moment to rebuild something very special to them, which was their temple. You can almost imagine the excitement after 50 years of being away from worship, right? 50 years of being away from worship, the, the excitement of that first worship service, right? I mean, can you imagine the weeping? Some of the younger people probably wouldn't have a clue, but just like, just the outpouring and just like, oh, they just didn't want to move from that moment. They were able to go back and start to rebuild not only their own lives, but, the, but the, in a fresh, bold way, but they also be re, rebuilding God's holy temple, which was very important to their lives. And if you go back to week one, um, and this is why I love the book of Haggai, it, because God is so simple in his love. Sometimes we make it so complex. And what we learned with, 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 with week one was this, is with God's help, choose the hard right, or excuse me, the, the hard right over the easy wrong. Is, is with God's help at the center of everything, we want you to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. You see, the closer we get to doing something that matters to the heart of God, the more likely we're going to face opposition in our time. And so we want you to lean into that and know that when something hard comes your way, don't bail on it. Start to lean into it and trust God. Because typically that's exactly how the devil works, right? He comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. What God's trying to build. Don't allow him to sneak in there and rob you of something that could change everything. You see, when, when we lean into his help, what we learn is when we lean into his help, life changes. You see, God's chosen people were, were asked to rebuild something. You remember that the simplicity of God's message. They're like, I know we're supposed to build it, but, but, but we don't know how, God. We just don't know how. This was the hard moment. And God was like, hey, this is simple, man. This is so simple. Just, just follow me down. Just, just write this down. I know you're kind of hard, and this is, this is a hard moment. But write this down. I want you, number one, I want you to go up to the mountain. Number two, I want you to get the wood. And number three, come back down, build my temple. It's just that simple. One, go up there, get the wood. Number two, come back down, start to work, right? And build my temple, number three. And watch what happens. That's all you got to do. Go up to the mountains, bring down the timber, build my house. Simple, right? 
Some of you are like, oh, that's just, I, I can do that. But how often do we choose to avoid what God says to do? How many times do you know exactly what you're supposed to do because it's so simple, but you choose the easy wrong over the hard right? See, we're no different than we're no different than the Israelites here. I mean, it's, it's God's Jewish culture there. It's, it's no, we're no different. In week two, they're beginning the journey of rebuilding the temple, but they're, they're also getting very discouraged. Like any good person, right? We get discouraged when things don't go our what? Way. We're, we're discouraged, God. We're discouraged. We want to give up because they're over there looking at other people in other cities other nations and other cultures. And they, they started to compare themselves. I know no one compares themselves, right? All right, come on, students, you've already done that. That's why mom and dad go out and got to get the new pair of sneakers this week. New backpacks, right? We start to compare and contrast. And it's so easy. This is, you know, and God says, listen, 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 clean it, clean it. This is so easy, and I, and I want you to stop looking over there and comparing yourself. Start focusing on me. Listen, this is what I, I want you to just, I just want you to do one thing. I just want you to be strong and do the work. I want you to be strong in me and do the work. Be strong there and get the work done and completed. Put down another stone and more wood. Just stay the course. Stay faithful. Just be faithful. One stone at a time, build something amazing. Build something amazing when you listen to my voice. But sometimes we choose not to listen. Sometimes we choose not to take that extra hard right. Sometimes we say, God, I don't know if I can do it anymore. And what we said that day was this. Everything worthwhile in our lives will always be uphill. Everything that we do and accomplish for the kingdom of God will, will typically always be uphill. And if we remember, I said, just remember the cross. Just remember the cross. Everything that was worthwhile, that set us free indeed, if you believe, was an uphill battle all the way to this famous words, it is finished. Everything worthwhile in our lives will be uphill. Just put it down, put down that stone, put down that faith, be strong and do the work, says the Lord. Week three, last week, God was, was loving on them and, and through his obedience to him, that what he revealed to us was this, God does not give us options to consider, but he commands, but he commands those commands to obey. He gives us commands to obey. Now, we learn that sometimes our conditional obedience with some of these commands causes, causes our hearts to stray from following God. We just, we just do it. And, and from our actions, our lifestyles, if, if our lives don't change and reflect the heart of God, how do we expect to see others' lives changed around us? That's something we have to wear. That's something we got to own, especially if you call yourself a Christ follower. You see, in the end, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart of obedience. That's where we left it. You see, God desires to seek him with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds. That's scripture. Now, what we've learned is in the New Testament, Jesus said there is one command above what? All others. And that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart 
your mind and what? Your soul, that's right, and strength. It's all about the heart. And if, you, if your heart isn't right with God, then everything you do will probably be more than likely wrong. I, I, I despise people just that say this occasionally, especially in our culture. They say this quite often around here. Just follow your what? Oh, you've been told that, right? But if your heart's not in line with God, how can you follow your heart? You see, your heart can deceive you as well because we lean into what we know, what we trust. But what does it look like to really trust God with all your heart? That's where I want you to be. That's what God wants you to be. That's, that's what he longs for. And we said last week, simply put, if your heart's not in line with God, then everything that you do will probably more than likely be wrong. You see, when we do give him our heart and everything and, and we'll start to see him move in ways we've never seen before, we'll start to see blessings that come our way and we'll see favor in our life that literally allows others to question it. It's all about the heart. God wants your heart. We obey God because we love him. We trust him with everything, with our time, our talent, and our tithe. And through our obedience, we, we will see something truly Utterly amazing, like in Habakkuk 1.5. But the question I guess we can throw out today is this. Well, if we do all this, now what? Now what? God, I've gave you this, I've done this, I've done that, and I trust you, and you got my heart, but now what? You see, if we lean into the words of Haggai or Haggai for the past month, I think you will begin to see something at the end of the book and I pray you will hopefully change it or change, have a life-changing moment here in a minute. That everything from here on out, it will begin to reflect and change everything. And maybe you will begin to see the urgency, the urgency of why we do what we do. I've had many people ask questions. Why, why do you do that? Why do you, why, do you, why do you do that type of ministry? Why would you choose to go have a, a club or a, a, a something just for women only, and I go on to explain, and why not? If it points people back to Jesus. Now, if you grew up in a Baptist church, that would be a moment you would say amen. <laughs> just saying. But the truth is, why not? You see, we will do anything with, without sinning to reach people far from God. And we will give our last to see him exalted. You see, the reason why we do what we do is so important as a church body for people to look in to see the church that is, that is not just dead, but it's alive and it's well and it's active and we're moving as a unit and we're, we're just literally rippling over to the next community and we're seeing God move. And if that doesn't move you, I don't know what will. You see, when we gather to meet for different events, there should be God at the center of everything that we do. The reason why we do corporate worship together is so important. It's when we're like, we come in here together today to the church and we corporately sing songs and we, like we sang today and we say, God, we love you with all of our hearts and we will not be what? Shaken. Or we sung, you're the way, you're the truth, you're the life. We, we trust in that. If all this was taken away, we will still trust in that God. And the reason is, is when we hear the, his words together in our hearts, it moves us from here to there. 
It moves us wherever we're at today. Presently, we move to the next moment with God at the center. We begin to point back how we got there, and then we start to live in community. You see, that's why our circle groups that we have here are so important to us because you can do life in rows and you can come in here and sit just like this on rows and the rows are great. The circles, intimate circles are so much better. Circle groups are so much more better. You can, you can begin to build on them. You can begin to, to do life. You can lean in and trust one another. Living room, that's why students are, have a design circle just for them. Kids feel that's why we have a design unit just for them. Adults, that's why we have events and circle groups just for you. Love Loud Now events, that's why we lean in and do missions so we're not alone out there just, just wondering what's next. We, we lean into what God's asking us to do. We're serving together and we're out here just loving on each other. We're seeing life happen in circles. And when it moves you to that there moment in life that changes everything, we see other lives that change rapidly. You see, we gather together with others and believe and say, God, we, we want to do life around your word at the center of everything. And out of the overflow of that, we point back to you, Jesus. And in that, we start to live in ways we never dared possible in a community where we work and where we live and where we play. It changes lives. It really does. And I challenge you to consider where are you plugged in at? Where are you being obedient? Where are you leaning in and to trust God? I know some people are sometimes skeptic when I, when I take this next step, especially with, with this. God, I, I trust you with this, but I'm going to do it this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to trust you, but I'm going to do it this way, right? I think it's kind of funny. Some days I see people raise their hands, and it looks like this. This is a surrender all moment, Right? I don't know many people that surrender this way. I just don't, I don't know how that works. But this is, I'm all in. I'm, I surrender, God. And I know some people are skeptic because they're just, they've been beat up. They've been beat up by the church. And honestly, I'm, if you're here and you're listening to that, I'm, I want to say, as a pastor, I'm sorry. Because some church in your past has wounded you. And I know it's hard sometimes because you hear these words and you're just like, I don't know if I can do that. And it's hard for you to listen because you shut down as soon as I say certain words and you just clam up like this. You put your bumpers up. It's almost like, you know, the bumper cars. You start, anything I throw out, you just start bumping them back. And you shut down. But I know these three, three words that I'm about to mention, with your time, your talent, and your treasure, they matter so much to how God builds something. What's next? What's in the now? That it matters. You see, it matters so much to what, what happens next. I want you to see the urgency in that, that God will bring increase through your obedience. You see, I, I choose in my heart to put you first, God, and to worship you with everything. God, I seek you with all my heart, all my soul, with all my mind, because for me, it is so easy for my heart to be distracted, especially what I think is mine, my time, my talent, my tithe. You see, I, sometimes I get selfish with my time. Sometimes I get selfish with my talents. And sometimes I get selfish with my resources, my tithe. I'm like, I, I, I could do more. I could do something better with it, God. I, I could do something over here with it. And when I should be just laying it at the feet of God and saying, God, 
I trust you. And I know if I'm doing it, I know some people in this room are doing it. And what would it look like for all of us to just say, God, okay, here it is. I trust you. Now then, as we sort of take a little snapshot of this last piece from Haggai, before I invite my guest up today. Does anybody know what cliff notes are, by the way? I mean, it's, it's like the cheatier. Yeah, see, everybody's like, yeah, I know what those are. Everybody knows what those are, all right? It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's to summarize a book. Let's put it that way. You're going to miss out on the book, but it's to summarize a book. How about that? That's the intelligent way to say it. But the beauty of Haggai is this story right here. The beauty of this story is God finally got their hearts. He finally got their hearts. You see, not only were they, were they building the temple back, they were obeying through love. And, and in the process, God got their hearts. God got everything because their hearts came back to God. So did the blessing of God for the people. Not because they obeyed, but because their hearts were right with God. You see, this is the amazing part of the story. And if you got your Bible, you can turn to Haggai verses, or chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Turn to you version. You know, it's, it's there in Haggai. I'm going to read from the, uh, the NLT today. But it, it, it's, 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 it's an amazing translation of, of what's about to happen now. And if you need a Bible, there's one in the back. You can grab it on the way out and you can take it. That's a gift from us to you. But I encourage you to read this portion. Circle it, highlight it, know it well. And this is the amazing part of the end of the story. And it says this in Haggai 2, verses 18. It says, God says this to them. Even though they had not finished the temple, even though they didn't do anything to deserve it because of their hearts had changed, God said this. He said, I love how he puts it, he really is really specific too, by the way. He really goes down to the date and time, and, and he, then he says something very carefully there. In verse 18, he says, think about this. Think about this. On the 18th day of December, so he's really technical. He's really got the date down. On that day, when the foundation, the critical piece, the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, and he says this word, think carefully. Now, I don't know how many times you ever heard that, in your lifetime, but growing up in my house, my mom and dad would always say that, you better think carefully, son, right? Right before an important decision was made, think carefully. And it says this next thing. It says, I am giving you a what? A promise. I'm giving you a promise when? Not later, but, oh, that was horribly weak. Come on. I'm giving you a promise when? Some of you don't even believe it. And I don't know where your heart is, though. But he says, I'm giving you a promise now. Not later, now. I'm giving it to you right now. Man, when you stand on the promises, I grew up in a church that sang these songs. I'm standing on the... Okay, I'm just making sure you're still with me. Standing on the promises of God. We sing these songs, right? But do we even believe them? Come on, y'all. I mean, it's, it's serious. Here is God saying, I'm giving you a promise now. Something that could change your future if you believe in it, if you obey it, if you trust it. 
Now's the time to build the temple. Now's the time to get your hearts right with God. Now's the time to repent of that sin that you have rationalized with justifications. Now's the time to stop giving God your lip service and just give him everything. Some people have never given your heart to God and you've played the game of church for years because you've been held captive You've been held captive where you work, live, and play. You know what church looks like. You know what religion looks like, but you've been held captive. You see, God, he wanted their hearts. And he says, now is the time. Now is the time not to put your house first, you first. See, some people come to church because it's all about did they sing my favorite song today? Oh, they did, they did. Oh, I love that song. It's so good. It's all about you. Man, when was the last time that you came in and just didn't really care about the song and you're just raising your hands and just center in all of what's about to happen? There's so much, sometimes we worry about what's happening on the road beside us. We care more about who's looking or who's here. You see, God, was, I'm giving you a promise now. If you get your heart right, get ready. Now is the time, though. you got to lean into this to put me first. And God said, I give you this promise now. While the seed is still in the barn, he said, you have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines, your fig trees, your pomegranates, and your olive trees, and, and, and have not yet produced crops. In other words, you still got some planting to do for us. We have a wall to tear down, right? And we have a wall to build up. We have room in our hearts to be obedient and do what he says, to love God and to love others. You see, it's, it's not even harvest time yet, but here's what he says. But from this day onward, I will do what? I will bless you. I will bless you. Even though you did not even plant the seed, I promise you will have a harvest of blessing. You see, what, what's about to happen here is that he's just asking for one thing. If you give me your heart, if you give me your heart through obedience and everything, I promise you, it's something big is about to happen. And when it happens, you're just going to have to be able to point back to me because you didn't do it. You see, I promise you will have a harvest of a blessing. Why? Not because you built the temple, but because you give me your heart. Above all else, God says, I want your heart. And there are those here today. If you're really, really honest, God is, is, is going to do a miracle in you. And, and, and no one may see from the outside because this is going to happen on the inside. And there is an urgency part of this next piece. Here's the urgency. If you don't let someone else know, how do you expect to see a harvest? You're sitting on something that should grow and mature, but you're sitting on it and no one knows. Some of you have been called to plant churches. Some of you have been called to, to, to lead a group. Some of you have been called to do some amazing things here in this community where we work, live, and play, but you're setting on it. Not, not letting the harvest to come full circle. 
you're getting something, but you know you're responding and you're trying to be obedient and you're just like, I'm just going through the motions and you're just, you're just playing this game. There's a blessing coming. There's a promise right here. If you just trust me with everything, I promise there's a harvest coming. There's something going on with a lot of folks that is around me, and I sense it. It is so heavy, and we had some time on Friday just to, just to bask in it, and it was just amazing. It was, it was an amazing moment, and I pray as you guys start to deal with this, this book, this, this words that's coming from God. Here's the urgency part. You, you may be obeying outwardly, but, but you're, you are re- rebellious and discontent inwardly. And, and I pray for us that we have no more lip service, but we give him our whole hearts that changes everything. And we do not obey God just to get a, a blessing, but we do it because we love him. We do it with all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our strength so we can tell others, we can tell others to begin to build something only he can get the credit for, which is his love in our communities. And what I know is this, is there are some here today that, who will return to him from captivity, back to fully worshiping God, and that is awesome. But sometimes we look backward to where we've been and we look at the old and maybe we look where we have been held captive and say something silly. But you don't know what happened to me. But look at, look at inwardly. Look, look, look at this. And I, you just don't know what's going on in my life. And, you, you know, we start to look at the old. Can I remind you of Scripture? When God does something new, the old is what? Gone. And here's what happens when we give him our hearts. We move forward to there with him. We move forward there with him. Jesus was talking about this to his disciples and friends and in Matthew 9, 17, he said, and no one puts new wine into an old wineskin. And for the old wineskin would burst from the pressure spilling the wine and ruining skin. See, new wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. See, God's doing something new with the now. You see, out of the now, when you respond now, out of the now, we get to experience the new. Out of the now comes the new. Out of the now comes the new. Out of the now comes the new. And so my question for you, what is God promising you right now? If you would just lean in and you would trust him, what is he promising you? Some of you are like, I'm hearing something, but I I can't make sense of it. And so that's where I'm going to leave it. I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to do something with that. But this is what I am going to do. I'm going to invite my wife up. For those that know, sometimes this gets really interesting. And it gets fun. But the truth be told is there's been a lot of of, of now moments in our life that we've had to choose. And sometimes those now moments are painful. And sometimes those moments, we don't even know what looks next. We don't, we don't, we can't see it. We don't, we don't, but we trust 
And out of that comes the new. And so, Sarah, you know, we've, we've been doing this for a couple of years now, and, and we've been able to experience a lot of new, but what is, what is God saying to you now as we take this big, bold faith step of what could become in the new? Green. Blue. <laughs> oh, David's not here. Um, he always comes up when he speaks, you know, and says crazy things about how I get off track. Um, it's funny how when you wait, you know, Jason told me not too long ago, like what we're speaking about, and I still don't have a clue what I'm speaking about. I've been praying, asking the Holy Spirit to explain what is the new. And the new in me... Um, that he keeps calling out um, in me. Um, is there something to be changed? Something new is coming. I, I've been hearing and feeling God calling me out of maybe even teaching to something even more um, just for him. But I see in the new, I see the fruits of the Spirit coming. Um, I know you haven't asked this question yet. Can I go back to the past? <laughs> but um, in the past, it was about me, my feelings, my friends. If you hurt me, um, well, I'll just kind of push you to the side because I'm not going to let you hurt me again. Um, it was about what I could gain, um, how, what position in, as being a teacher, making sure that people um, thought that I was good enough. So good enough is that in the past. So what is new arising is none of that. It's all about what Jesus is doing now and that the fruit of the Spirit is real and it is active and it's only given. I never earned it. I never tried to get it. It was my heart. So my heart is becoming new. It's not for me. It's not anything for my gain. It's actually just because I love the Lord so much. So the new is the fruits of the Spirit come alive that um, in all these things, that joy that overflows out of me, of his joy. Peace that's always there, even in the midst of craziness. Patience that endures everything that we go through. Kindness in action. And every moment being ready for it. And a life full of virtue. Faith that prevails through times when it feels like everything's falling apart. People that we love leave, choose other things, uh, gentleness of heart when things are not so gentle, to be gentle, and the strength of the spirit. So right now the new is seeing that come alive in others around me, seeing them to choose that and allowing God to be a center of their life. That's what I'm seeing the new to be. Hearts changing, ours change. One of the things that we talked about is our obedience of what now looks like. And it was a struggle now, back then, when we said yes to this, of uh, surrendering everything. And, and, and how do we do now? Um, how do we put you now first in everything? God, that, that, that was a challenge for us. And there was, there was many of nights where we butted heads. She was good at that. And um, 
and, and, I, and I'm, I'm no pushover. But the truth be told, God was doing something new in us. He was allowing us to experience, how, what does it look like to trust me with everything, Jason? What does it look like to, to trust me with, with your wife? What does it look like to take a big, bold risk and allow her to do things, set up on stage, speak? What does it look like to trust and just, and just be okay with the presence of God? Sometimes I like control. Didn't get an amen from that side. Just saying, okay, I, gave her, I set her up in everything. She had a chance to spike it. I've learned over time to be quiet and wait. It's good. But the truth be told, I know he's doing a new thing in me every single day because I got her by my side, but more importantly, God's in the middle of my heart. And we see things literally that what God's trying to instill in you to those around us. But in order for that moment to happen, you have to be obedient with the now. You have to be willing to lay that peace down first. You have to be strong in the Lord to lay the foundation piece so we can see something great come from it. A newness that will overflow to others around you. And so I'll ask it this way. We talked about it. But how hard is that journey some days to know what you're supposed to do now and you disobedient? When I'm a disobedient? Well, that's hard. There's been many times through this journey, especially this last season, that I have been disobedient. God's called me to lay things down that I love. Um, I have a problem with spending money. <laughs> he loves to say that. That is my thing. I, I, lo- I, love, I, love, I love things. But God's changing my heart not to love them, but to love Him more, to, to see that the money that I spend on things, the things that He would do more with that. And so I'm having to lay those things down. And that has been difficult because I have been disobedient. I have. And that's prolonged something that God's going to do within us and with and all that He is carrying us through. So that's hard. That's heavy to carry. I've called some people out to help me be more obedient to that. Because it is something that has me. I don't want to lay it down. I'm scared to lay that down. And it's like that picture on Facebook. Has anybody seen it? I've probably already said this before from stage. You know, when the little girl has the little teddy bear in her hand, right? You've seen that one, right? And then Jesus is on the other side. He's like, give me that little teddy bear. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I love my teddy bear. But behind Jesus is behind Jesus is this humongous teddy bear that she would love, you know, and that she never imagined that she could ever have. And I know that's what he's calling me and many of the people around me to do, to give up the small thing that we feel like is comfortable and, and safe. Because, you know, giving up everything, it's scary. He likes control, but I do too. Mine just looks different. It's not as loud. <laughs> it's quieter. <laughs> um, and um, it's safety. I worry about my kids. How will this affect my kids? That's hard to lay down because we don't know what the future's gonna be, right? And I know all of you deal with that too. We protect our babies, we protect our family, especially this mama bears, you know? We wanna, we want a little control of that, but we can't have it. I have to lay it down. So that has been my season of laying down over and over again. Just that. 
um, in obedience into when God says, hey, go pray for that person. I don't even have a clue who they are. We're in Walmart. And then you have to go because he called you to do it. Because if you don't, then that disobedience takes you to disobedience, which then you don't hear the Father as much. You don't move and you don't take action. You know, and we, Haggai, I think, is perfect right now for what we're going through and what, what we as Center Point is going, what we're going to go through. It is really not about us. It's about some movement that God is calling us. It's not about what movement we say it's going to be. It's about what He's calling us to be and what He's calling us to do and take action. He sees the brokenhearted out there. He looks out in the street and He sees the hurt. He sees the single mom struggling. He sees the orphans and all the different things that are hurting. And He's calling out for us to be those people to move to change what we care about, not just to care about our own family. For sure, he wants us to love them and take care of them, but we're supposed to step out of that into some bigger picture that he has, a bigger heart than what we already have, a heart that we can't contain, the heart that will change everything around us. That is what changes lives, is our hearts. So as soon as we start looking inwards, because Satan wants us to do that, oh, what was me? What about me? What about my family? What about this? What about all the things we're going through? We all got that, don't we? But as soon as we can look over that and look to see what God's going to do with everything, that's when it changes. That's when our hearts, that's when we surrender to the Lord. And that's the new that's coming. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. curious if, if you responded right now what are you trying to stuff and keep in that old wineskin what blessing are you missing out on the fruit or the taste of what's new that God's trying to do in you for the old skins would burst from the pressure spilling the wine something that's new something that's great and ruining it and ruining the skins you see, new wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved and have life. You see, out of the now, for you to respond, comes the new. Out of the now comes the new. But it requires for you to move. It requires you to move. No longer can you just sit you have to move. It's the commands. It's, the, it's, not, it's not an option anymore. It's truly, it's his word living and active. And you have to lean into it to trust it with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And when we do that, I trust it will move others around us. We don't just say this famous words of change lives that change lives just because it's cool to say it's true. It's scriptural. And when we lean into it, it does change lives. Beginning with this one. Mine. You see, out of the now, my obedience, it's changed me more than anything else. And I got a witness right there. The thing that we talk about more than anything, if this fails, if this goes away, out of the new is me and her. I love her more than I ever loved anybody. It's the most refreshing feeling to know that I got somebody walking by my side. 
every step of the way, even if we fall and stumble, to see something. We've been able to see life change, and it starts with us. Our kids walk in, they're different. I know I'm hard on them because they leave stinking Legos all over the house. I step on them in the middle of the night. But there's something beautiful. I can't describe it other than the fact that we did something now with it. And we invited other friends with us. And it changed your life too. And I know it did. And there's no telling what's out there for all of you. But I'm excited to see what happens when we go all in now. Because life happens. Life happens. And out of it, new is birthed. But you have to move. And so I invited my friend Jaden to come and sing some songs. The next couple of minutes, we're just going to sing a couple of worship songs and just enjoy what God's trying to do with this moment. I just ask that you respond. Don't sit. Act now. Because there's a harvest coming. There's something new there for us all if you respond. If you choose to move in and trust. And so Jesus, we pray right now. Fervently, we ask that your, your spirit be real and fast and furious over the people in front of us and those who are listening. God, may you just move in a way that radically redefines lives. More importantly, challenges us to move to the now moment so we can experience what new lies ahead ahead of us. Father, just be with us now as we take this step of faith. May we see boldness arise. May we see peace move through this place. God, more importantly, may we see love build something that changes everything. Jesus, that's my prayer. And I thank you for what's about to happen. In your name, amen.